0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Being Animal podcast. And my name is Rachel Lebovich and I'm going to be your host on this wild journey, or at least that we will anticipate to be a wild journey. Um, our time today is really just dedicated to why Being Animal and why launch a podcast in the sea of thousands and thousands of podcasts about what seems like every single topic that could possibly exist. Why this one? What did it take to get here? And where are we going to go on this journey? And to share that a little bit, I am taking a moment of vulnerability to share my journey with you because I feel being animal is coming at a culmination of lots of growth that I have been sitting on in this past year specifically with COVID and moving and obtaining my master's degree so much shifted and especially with COVID I feel as if the world that we had existed in for many people was shattered or looked new so Flashback to 2020, March. I remember the first time I had heard about COVID kind of brushing it off. Then all of a sudden I find myself standing outside a public school classroom with a good friend of mine as we contemplated, oh, you know, have you heard about this coronavirus? It seems like it might be getting pretty bad maybe we'll get two weeks off of school and we were teaching agriculture education at the time and we weren't getting paid a lot so a two-week vacation did not sound like the worst um but little did we know returning to the classroom was not going to be in the cards for us and covid shut down our public schools that we were working with transitioned our job pretty radically from being in classroom nutrition and agriculture teachers to all of a sudden helping to staff government-funded COVID-19 crisis lines. This shift for so many people opened a door to pursue things that they may not have otherwise considered. And for me, this was going back to school. I decided that I wasn't done learning in an academic institution. I wanted more. I just couldn't quite figure out what. And so after doing a strong inventory of my life, what did I like to do when I was a kid? What sparked my fascination now? How did I feel connected to the world around me? I landed on nature, which is such a nebulous thing. And we'll get into that on the podcast. But essentially, what led me to this topic was this deep connection that I felt with animals, specifically with my dogs, who you will probably hear in the background of the podcast recording for really no other reason other than what would a being animal podcast be without very hilarious dog noises, sometimes interspersed with or without my intention in the background but a lot of this came through as I considered my relationship with my dog Esperanza and the relationship that we had cultivated was so nuanced and to so many people so different than the way most folks would interact with a dog and when I say that what I mean is we could talk to each other um Wild, I know, but hear me out. When I would sit with Esperanza and watch her learn about this new life that we were co creating, I began to figure out oh, she needs to go outside. Maybe she's a little more hungry than I thought. Maybe I should give her some more food. She wants to cuddle, she wants to go to bed, she feels afraid. That ended up translating into a way that we can communicate today, which is a look, a body movement, something that I can't exactly translate because it's a sacred conversation between me and Esperanza. That was wild to me. I had been around animals my whole life. I'd always been the little girl with the wellies who was digging for toads and holding crayfish. And animals were not new to me. But this relationship that I had had with Esperanza, so intimate, so deep, really showed me that there was a type of connection between our species between the two of us individually that needed a deeper dive. So what I ended up doing was going to my master's program at the University of Michigan for environmental justice, knowing that I was fascinated by this connection between me and Esperanza, but also having so many questions about the animal in a larger way, And what I found were a lot of really amazing mentors, a lot of not amazing mentors, a lot of really amazing friends, a lot of very interesting experiences with animal rights movements, with vegan movements, with the opposite of both of those things, and also with a lot of social justice movements in general. Each of these became so instantly connected for me when I doubled down on what I was studying at the time, which was posthumanist theory. And instead of letting an academic institution like the University of Michigan or even post-humanist theory itself show me this relationship with Esperanza, I decided to actually let Esperanza show me this relationship herself. And what came of that was my master's thesis that was co authored by me and Esperanza. If you look me up, you might be able to find our work together. And something that was just altogether not very academic it was poetry, it was prose. It was fiction, it was nonfiction, it was autobiographical and fantastical and a little bit of everything in between, which is why I think I got such great reviews and such pushback simultaneously because it really challenged a lot of people's ideas of what an academic mindset was, of what an academic framework was. And I wanted to keep doing that. I wanted to keep pushing that boundary. I wanted to go deeper with Esperanza. I wanted to go deeper into school and the academy. So I applied to PhD programs like you do. You know, gotta please the mom, the dad, the family, the friends who all know, oh, she's so intelligent. She's doing so much. She's putting herself out there. She's gonna succeed, right? An outsourcing of how can I do this work? Who will let me do this work to all these institutions that I applied to? And the answer was nobody. <laughs> I sent out probably around 20 applications, spent thousands of dollars. I don't even want to count how many countless, countless, countless hours that I spent poring over statements and writing samples, CVs, every single school I applied to said no. And none could really give me a reason why. At the time, I was incredibly crushed. (laughs) It really felt for me like an unbelievable thing like I had done all this work that I was supposed to do I'd been revolutionary I'd been published I'd speak several languages I have so many majors and so many graduate certificates and so much credential why don't they want me why can't I keep doing this like this is my dream what else can I do I guess I just have to stop I guess they don't want me. I guess I'm not good enough. My voice isn't strong enough to carry this work. Which looking back on is hilarious, right? Because we know that I am the only voice who can share the story between me and Esperanza. Just as Esperanza is really the only voice that could share the story about us from her perspective, So why was I outsourcing so much of this? Please let me talk about the animal to institutions that had always hurt so many people, so many women, trans folks, folks of color, Jewish folks, animals. After what felt like an eternity of absolutely being devastated crying all the time feeling depressed feeling anxious oh my gosh I gotta get a job now I don't want a job I actually did get jobs (laughs) this is kind of the funny part I was offered again and again different types of jobs different things to do to fill my time that had great wages that had great time off and were brilliant organizations that were more or less aligned with my values And each time there was always something wrong with it. Um, I always found a reason to not commit. I always found a reason, something as small as, oh, you know, they don't give me any time off. They don't give me enough money. They don't give me paid Jewish holidays off, as if really anyone would. But what I came to realize is that I was in this loop. I needed somebody else to provide for me. I needed another person to tell me when it was okay to pursue my dream of doing this really deep, really vulnerable, really hard conversation and thought around the animal. And I'm kind of done with that. I'm done with that. There are so many podcasts and articles that you could read about animality and animacy from people who have many 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 more credentials than me and have probably spent their entire lifetimes 20 years plus over mine that have been researching this and that's great and if you want recommendations of what to read or listen to along these lines please reach out to me and let me know but none of their stories are like ours none of their thoughts are going to be like mine and that's the uniqueness that we bring to this conversation. I named the podcast Being Animal for two reasons. The first is I was thinking about, gosh, you know, I have so much to say and think on and to talk about with all of you. What could I possibly say is the theme of this podcast? What could I possibly have as an umbrella to hold all of the tensions and joys and sadnesses of our topics. And being animal for me really hit on, wow, it's really hard and really beautiful to just exist. It's hard to be animal. It's hard to be human. It's hard to live life sometimes, but it's also so stunning and beautiful and miraculous that's all tied in with being animal the other is a nod to my previous academic exploration that will be touched about in this journey which is the thought of being what does it mean to be ontologically existence thinking through what counts what doesn't count what matters what doesn't matter How do we live and what is alive? What is being? And the second part of animal could mean so many things to so many different people as we shift through time, right? Animal can mean a non human, animal can mean any type of animal in the scientific sense, including humans, animal could mean animality. What does it mean to embody that space? But when I think of an animal and being animal, in this sense, I realized I was talking about animal as having a body or being embodied. So the podcast, Being Animal, kind of takes us on this journey of, wow, existence in a body. What is that? What does that mean? And where are the flows, the tensions, the conversations, convictions, the things that absolutely seem to cancel each other out and don't make any sense? What comes with this journey of being animal? I'm hoping to put out a podcast just about every week on Wednesdays. So hopefully you'll be able to tune in on Spotify, listen to our podcast, Additionally, I'd like to point you towards our organization, the Esperanza's Acres Sanctuary, which we're hoping to grow throughout time, right? As I kind of shared at the beginning of this podcast, it's been such a journey to get to this part of speaking in my voice, in my body, of being animal in front of Maybe one of you who tunes in once in a while, a couple of you who tune in every week, or who knows, maybe hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people, millions of people are going to hear this really, really wild journey that we're on. The thing I'd like to note is that I don't have all of the answers and the questions that we ask by nature most likely aren't going to be black and white answers, right? It's, it, does, it just doesn't work that way. So much of our relationships of being animal, of existence, are so, so personal. So I invite you to take what works for you and leave the rest. You don't need to agree with me on every little piece, and I promise I'm going to be imperfect as I try to navigate this. I invite you to join me on that. I invite you to be brave with me on that leap. And if you really would like to take an extra step on being brave, you can always find our podcast on Patreon. And for just $10 a month, you can help support us and put some loving, loving comments and questions into our Patreon community so that we can know what are you thinking? What do you think about what we're saying? Do you have ideas, questions, concerns about what this rises for you? We'd love to see you in this conversation. But for now, the journey of being animal what a leap! I am so terrified to publish this and so excited for everything that this could mean. I'm so grateful that you are spending your time with us, listening to our ramblings, our conversations, our deep questions. We know that your time is of the utmost importance, and what an honor that you're sharing it with our community, with our thoughts, with our beliefs, just trying to figure out everything from the most expansive, ontological questions to a little sprinkle of jokes and humor and how we play in the everyday life. I think it'll be really beautiful. So thank you so much for tuning into the first episode. That's a little bit short because we just did a quick overview of what to expect, which is clearly don't really have expectations. And we hope to see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye.